Hello and welcome to Sailor Time to Pause. So what? Hello, Gracie. Hello, Samuel. How far art thou? I'm fine. Oh, you've gone a little bit King James. Quite right, quite right. The, the... You see that I've um, gone to the effort of popping on a Christmas oh, jumper. I love that. See, you haven't. Although your guitar in the background is a festive red. I've not got a Christmas T-shirt on either, sorry. Um, I can't fix that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, I tell you what that does, though, because I'm always a bit concerned. People don't necessarily, like we said before, don't necessarily listen at the time that these go out. So I'm yeah. representing the current season. You're, let's have a look at it, you're representing maybe summer into autumn. The season to come. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, this does go out after Christmas. There you go. But Christmas has been... And gone and forgotten about. Not yeah, and do you know Christmas isn't just at Christmas, is it? No. Jesus isn't just for Christmas, he's for life. Yes. Very poignant, touching little sentence there. Do you think, Sam? Yes. <laughs> As we said, this is, what did, what did you call it before we said? A Twixmas. A Twixmas. Yeah, for those days that nobody knows what they're called or what they're doing or what their name is. It's those days in between Christmas and New Year. Or what even day it is. No. what The only day I could possibly describe it as is being cheese coma day. Oh, yeah. Uh, there are lactose, lactose-free cheeses available for those. Uh, yes, they are. There are. But, uh, yes, I agree. Good, good inclusive statement there. Yeah. I mean, well done. So, yes, I've gone festive. You've not, but that's all right. Have you got a joke for us, Gracie? I've got a joke, yes. It's a seasonal joke. It's getting so hard to buy advent calendars nowadays. Do you know why? Why is that? Their days are numbered. Oh, very good. Yes. Very good. Did you get it? That's Not a that. good joke, that. That is a exactly. Right, here we are. Where's my other one? Do you want me to get a better Christmas joke? If you can. Sure. Oh, gosh. Pressure, pressure. Right. Oh, so now this is from the Country Living website. So, we, 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 you know, this should be a high-class joke. I was going to say that, yeah. Right, here we go. So these are the best jokes. So you can take your pick. Allegedly, 25 of the funniest jokes of 2023. I won't read out all 25. What do you call a penguin in the Sahara Desert? Lost. <laughs> what do you get if you put a bell on a skunk? Stinkness. Jingle smells. I like a bit of mine. <laughs> what did Adam say on the day before Christmas? I don't know. It's Christmas Eve. Oh, very good. No, it's not. Don't you don't have to be polite. Yeah, you're right. What's your non-Christmas joke? Yeah, let's go with that. This is really this is kind of linked to the seasons, and this is what happens in my car, right? Okay. You know, when you go from summertime to wintertime and you change your clocks, mm. if you're in my car over winter, the first thing I'll say to you when you get in my car is that's not the real time. It's an hour and a head because I haven't changed it. I couldn't be bothered altering the clocks in the house. So I've decided just to watch ITV Plus for the next six months. Oh, that's very good. That. Life lessons with Gracie. That's, that's, that's what I There you go. <laughs> One more. Yeah. Oh, I can make this a Christmas joke. Okay. Sam. I'm going to have to apologise, but I'm going to have to return the camouflage jacket you bought for me last week for Christmas. Oh, wow. I just can't see myself wearing it. Oh, I like that one. That's, that's the best one. Cha-ching. Jingle bell. I was 
Samuel, when I think of Christmas, obviously I knew I was coming on to chat to you, but I often think of you at Christmas. Two of my one, two of two of one of my two of my favourite memories at Birmingham Sally Army involve you. Oh, do they? You probably don't even know it. Okay, okay, detail. Firstly, when you played a shepherd at Symphony Hall, okay, Christmas with the Salvation Army. I was just amazed by your acting range. A beautiful moment of you. Was Adam? Was there someone else? Or was it just two shepherds? I think we had a sheep. Oh, you had a sheep. Sorry, sheep. So, yeah, you, the way you owned that stage and you didn't say a word. Such a moving, profound performance that has stayed in my heart forever. One of my many gifts, owning the stage without saying a word. <laughs> now, were you, as a kid, were you ever Joseph? Uh, Yes. I think I've been Joseph three times in my life. Me and my twin sister were Mary and Joseph. Also at the Symphony Hall with Birmingham Sally Army. The first year I met Annabelle, my wife. Yeah. We were Mary and Joseph. Do you know, that is ringing a bell with me now. That's ringing a jingle bell. But clearly it's the shepherd that stayed with me. The humility of the shepherd. Yeah, quite right. And also this year I was Joseph as well. You were, weren't you? And I, and and do you want to share who was uh, Baby Jesus? Maisie was Baby Jesus. So, real life, uh, mum, dad, and baby. She is the gift that keeps on giving, quite literally. Yes, breaking gender stereotypes. Did yeah. you have any lines? No, I don't think so. No, nothing. Don't do they? No. I for years I wanted to be Mary, and I believed I should be because my hair was brown. Don't know where I got that from. Okay. Because. It was always thought that Gabriel should have blonde hair. Again, I don't know where that's come from. It's not in the Bible. But I was convinced I would be Mary because I have brown hair. And my mum at the time was like in charge of Sunday school. And so she would never, she had this thing about not giving us, her children, main parts because she didn't want it to see it as favouritism, right? Right. And then um, there was one year when my mum was poorly, not in that role. Somebody else was in the role of doing that and I got to be Mary so I was really really excited yeah thought now I'm going to give this my all Made it. a lot of research you know looked at the backstory bit alarming when you're only eight and um I thought yeah I'm going to go for this it was all geared up for it and it was done as a series of tableaus you know what a tableau is I'd like to say oh yeah oh I've got it I'm going well every day is a school day a tableau I feel it should be a French word. It probably is because it's got an X at the end. A tableau is uh, when you just freeze. Oh, okay. You create a picture like a photograph on stage. You do not move a muscle. You clearly don't say anything. You're just there. So the oh. year, the, the time I got the part, the one time I got the part of Mary, it was as a frozen statue. Oh, I'm so sorry. Can you tell I'm not over it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and another thing, you might know the answer to this. Who was the first person to decide that Mary should wear blue? It's a great question. You don't know the answer? Yeah, that's what Ian said in his podcast, wasn't it? Did he? I think so. The bit where how we we miss Christmas, you kind of know that that's 
oh, this person must be Mary because they're wearing blue. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we still don't know why Mary's wearing blue. <laughs> no. no, and probably not important. It's probably a-, a symbol of something, isn't it? Royal something. If, perhaps somebody could let us know. Yes, do comment. Let us know. Well, my other favourite memory of you at Birmingham City Store is, you might not remember this either, but we did. We used to do a thing uh, where we did carols around the manger. So Christmas time at Birmingham, like many other churches, is very, very hectic and people are involved in, you know, serving community and stuff, which is brilliant. But that on this Sunday evening around the manger, it was just a time just to kind of be together as a church family. So you would choose... People get involved, they might read poetry or something. It's all very relaxed. You might, yeah, sing a song or whatever. And then they do the bit where they ask for your favourite carol. And do you remember this? Uh, Well, no, Alex was saying we should do Ding Dong Merrily on High, right? So he he said the number, but no one was listening to him, right? So you shouted out the number, but you shouted out the incorrect number. You shouted out the number for... Ding dong, ding dong, ring out the carillon. <laughs> I do vaguely remember. You remember that? And then we all like we all sat around the major. That is such a hard song to sing. <laughs> and you said it with such confidence because back then you didn't really used to speak. So I think Steve was just thinking, "Oh, okay, Sam's asked for it. We'll go for it." <laughs> Little did he know it was just <laughs> random numbers. <laughs> oh man, um, that was so, yeah. If you don't know that song, maybe tune in. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's not going to be part of a bite, is it? No, not not one of mine anyway. You never know. <laughs> but Sam, you you yeah, you create a smile for me when I think of Christmas, and you didn't even know it. I'm pleased. I'm pleased. <laughs> think of this, Sam. The, the waiting thing is the one that really struck me. Waiting for Christmas. Waiting for Christmas. That was the, the A episode, wasn't it? It was the A episode. Yes. Waiting. So, Sam, think of situations when you have to wait in life. Can you think of any where you feel time lies to you when you have to wait? For example, I'll give you an example. Yeah. So I believe that when you're waiting for your washing machine to finish and it says five minutes, those five minutes are not five minutes. You know in what? Terms. Yeah, completely. It lies to you, doesn't it? It does. Full on lie. I oh, timed what? it once. It wasn't. It wasn't even right. Did <laughs> you? <laughs> I put it on my watch, yeah. And? What um, come out of? Um, well, I set a timer on my watch for what it said on the washing machine. Went down. It still had 20 minutes left. It's coming off. I mean, that's just a nightmare, isn't it? And like, but if the thing is, what do you do then when you're waiting? I was fine. I'm like, well, I better not do that, just in case it does finish. So I'm kind of frozen. Yeah. Like, oh, I also believe a treadmill. Oh, yeah. Okay. A treadmill lies. Yeah. 30 seconds on a treadmill is like an hour and a half in real terms. I would agree. The time the Chinese gives you for the takeaway. Yes. And oh. other other takeaway establishments are available. Oh, indeed. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, that's never right. That is true. That's true. Uh, if you, if you ever travelled, it's probably well. It does involve time. If you ever travelled off the motorway from the M5 to Minehead, no. Oh, 
you get off the junction and it says it's only, I can't remember how many miles. So you've done all that driving down to down the M5. Say you spent like an hour and a half in the car and then it says 15 miles to Minehead. You think, yeah, that's it. This is it. That 15 miles takes you an hour. That can't be right. The miles are different. The time is different. If you have to wait for something, mm. are you patient or do you do you stop still? Do you fill it with stuff, activity? What do you do? Um, I think I think most of the time I try to fill it with activity, but then lose track of time and and end up not doing what I was meant to be doing. I That's think. the natural thing to do, isn't it? Because it's feels like wasted time if you're sat around. Sometimes I'd sit around. I like to think I'm a patient person. If you think in terms of like, if, like we're talking about Christmas, hmm. do you fill it with stuff? Do you fill it with activity in the lead up to it? I don't know. <laughs> it's a bit hard, isn't it? Because you just had a baby. Yeah. Well, not you, but that would be a Christmas miracle. Quite often, I'm 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 very happy to go along with what everybody else wants to do. Like there's set traditions, isn't there? That each fam- families have their own tradition, um, yeah. and people have their own traditions that they'll actually do every Christmas, don't they? Why why do you think we do those things? Like every year we think, oh yeah, I'll do that just because that's how we've always done it. Yeah. Does it make you feel better? Or I feel like it's not Christmas until you've done those things. Yeah. But it's still Christmas, isn't it? I guess some things are quite comforting. Yeah. That you think we've always done this and it's Yeah. In the process of writing new traditions, I think it's always nice. Yeah. Can be a bit um, hazardous when it involves other people that you've normally done yeah. set traditions with. <laughs> but yeah, so the uh, reason I was asking you about the what you fill it with is I could I, I looked at the definition of waiting and it said the action of whatever I can't remember how it's phrased. But I think I've got the impression that waiting was like a, a passive thing where you're not, you're not doing anything. Mm. you're just waiting for something to happen yeah. to you or around you. But actually, I think waiting has more um, action to it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's more purposeful than just sat around waiting. Because it's a verb, isn't it? Yeah. Which is a doing word. Yeah. But we don't we don't associate waiting with doing, do we? We associate no, waiting with not doing. But it is, isn't it? Because you are... Effectively, you are listening out or looking out or um, expectant. That's all kind of action, isn't it, in itself? And I also think waiting, the key to waiting is listening mm-hmm. as well. And because I think if you listen, then you can hear. It's very hard to hear something if you don't proactively listen. Yeah. Like my grampy, he was deaf, but he used to hear, clearly not through his ears, he used to hear by looking and watching and seeing so he was still able to listen and hear that way and he had such an amazing faith that in that listening and hearing he he tended to always be in the right place at the right time for people who who needed to hear about God like there's loads of stories where he would respond to situations because he would hear God speak even though he's deaf he would hear God speak he would respond to that like so many situations where he would pray and people get healed. Mm. But he would, even though he couldn't physically hear, he would put himself in that 
position of listening, mm. waiting to hear what God wants to say. Being expectant. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he heard it, he, he knew what the next step was. Yeah, because I guess there's that element of when you're waiting, especially when waiting to hear from God, quite often you can, or me personally, can pass it off as, well, I'm waiting to hear from God, I've not heard anything, but I'm also not expecting to hear from God Mm -hmm. in the same time. Mm. How am I going to hear from God if I'm not expecting to hear from God, or I guess I'm not listening, am I? And then do you, when you're like not expecting to hear from him, do you then fill it with other things? So do you get distracted and think, yeah, oh, probably I'm, do. I'm not going to, I know I do, I, I I get very distracted Yeah. if I'm not expecting him to say anything. Yeah, I probably do. I had a very, um, I'm not sure how, if this, <laughs> if this is really um, what happened, but this morning I went out for a run. I don't know how to say this without it sounding annoying. A disclaimer here. I hope this doesn't come across as annoying. Okay. Okay. So I'm sorry if I, I I'm gonna apologize in advance if I do. Right. So I went out for a run okay. and I had 10 minutes more available to go for a run. So I set out and I thought I will do five miles, right? That's what I set out to do in my head. And I tend to, if before I set out the door, know in my head how far I want to run. Mm-hmm. I never change my mind mid-run. Very rarely anyway. So I set out for five miles and then I was running along and I was thinking about us chatting today and thinking about all that, the the waiting and the listening stuff. And it, the run was going pretty well. I thought, I'm going to keep running. I'm going to do six miles. I'm going to do 10K, right? But as soon as I thought that, I was sure somebody, might be God or just, just an instinct, said to me, do five miles, go home. Don't do the extra mile, right? So then as I'm running along, I'm having a little conversation in my head, not out loud, thankfully. Um, And I'm like, no, 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 it's right. I can do sick. I'll do 10K. That'd be so satisfying to know I've done that. But it's like, no, listen, only do five. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen. I'm going to, because I I, I think it was just because of what I was thinking about. So I got home, shut the door, no exaggeration, clap, uh, clap of thunder, lightning, We've had a massive thunderstorm. It absolutely pelted down. Wow. And, you know, I would only have got wet. I might have been struck by lightning and killed. That might have been the case. But I I realistically probably just would have got wet. And I was thinking, well, I wonder if that's why I didn't have to do the six miles. Yeah. I I mean, we don't know if you would have got struck by lightning, but we know you definitely haven't because you definitely only do five miles. Yes. We'll take that. So focus on what we do know and not what we don't know. Yes. That's a life lesson, that, Sam. Life lessons with Sam. Yeah. Life lessons with Gracie, no. Episode complete. <laughs> there you go. It's true, though, isn't it? Because if you, you can spend so much time thinking about what you don't know. Yeah. Think about what you do know. Now, has any, sorry, just an aside. Has anyone told Neil that the Queen is no longer with us? Oh. Perhaps someone should break that to him. What did he say about the Queen? He did reference the Queen's speech. Trees, presents, decorations, the Queen's speech, robins, and so on. Oh, and that's if, if people are waiting to hear the Queen's speech, they feel Christmas is only Christmas until they're going to be disappointed for many years now. Is it me? Right, or do you find, as somebody who goes to church or someone with a faith, do you feel there's a little bit of pressure to always find 
like a new take on the Christmas story. Yeah. I do. I do all the time. Like if I'm, you know, used to write scripts and stuff, I'd always be like thinking of a new angle. Yeah. And I think Um, with music and stuff, it's trying to find that new Christmas song that, or something different to last year. So it's not the same as last year. It's like, I think it's a very natural thing to do, but I, I wonder whether it's always like, well, is the story itself not enough as it is? And do we really fully grasp it? I know I don't. Because mm. Neil, Neil, Neil was saying about all the the added things, wasn't it? What do you mean the added things? Well, even like down to the innkeeper. That's yeah. not it. That not even referenced. Mm. And I read the bit of blurb off the back of the scripture, and I learned something new. Can I share it with you? Do share it. Yes, please. You've got the new bit of Christmas that we said we don't need. It was when Neil talked about the innkeeper and he, he just said a, a very quick line at the start of something along the lines of, you know, he's not even... I don't think he's said he's not in the story or... The Bible doesn't specifically mention the innkeeper by name, but that night in Bethlehem, an innkeeper was confronted by a man and his pregnant wife. I don't know, but it's, it's part of the nativity that we've kind of created this yeah. picture, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I looked that up. I thought I'm going to f- try and see how much of the nativity scene that we depict okay. is actually there. Mythbusters. Not a lot. Clearly the main characters are yeah. there, but not the innkeeper. No. Mm. Um, so I learned. I won't give you the Greek word because I can't really speak English, let alone Greek, right? So the Greek word that they use when they talk about going to the inn and there being no room, it says this. This is not an inn, but simply the upstairs level of a home where guests would stay. It means there was no guest room available in Bethlehem for Mary to give birth. Um, blah, 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 because of all the census and it was all full up, right? Mm. So it says this. In that day, Bethlehem was far too small of a village to have had an actual inn. All the, and this got this Greek word again, meaning inn, were occupied. It is likely that Joseph and Mary had to sleep downstairs in the main room of a relative of a relative's house. This downstairs of a village home in that day was like an all-purpose room that served as a workshop during the day, and at night it was used to shelter frail animals while the rest of the flock were left outside. So it was not a full-fledged barn or stable, but it did contain a drinking trough or manger cut in the bedrock. This was the likely place where the baby Jesus was placed after his birth. Right. I mean, I trust what they've written. Mm -hmm. They've looked into that. But yeah. That's interesting because I've never really thought about how big a place Bethlehem was. No, that's the thing that struck me. Yeah. Did Did you assume it was bigger? Yeah. I don't know why. I imagined it this bustling place where they're going from hotel to hotel, obviously, because that's what the, yeah. the story says. Well, some versions of the story, not this version. It was spawned in an all-purpose room. I'm worried, though, that I've maybe discarded the whole bit about the innkeeper and missing missing out on Christmas message that Neil has, not Neil, Ian shared with us mm. by sharing that. So I do apologise. But, it, it, but what it did do, what Ian has done... It's got me to look more about what the story is, not what it's not. Yes, well done. Gold star. Gold Christmas star. Yes. Ian's message about the innkeeper was that the innkeeper was probably too busy to think about it. 
so I just shoved them in the back in the back and was like I'm not going to think about it anymore but then I've also heard a story this year of the innkeeper didn't have anything to offer so found all that he had to offer so I haven't got anything else but what can I give you or maybe I've got, I've got this so I'll give this to you because it's all that I've got to give yeah I like that because I started to think where where Ian said you miss out on Christmas because he's got it like he's too busy to let him in or you know I haven't got the room but if he had let them in mm. then is he kicking somebody else out to let them in yeah which obviously Jesus wouldn't have been a fan of that would he? yeah wow but yeah, I yeah, that's that's a good good point that about giving what you what what you can, what you can, what you have to offer, even if it's not much. And if you take on that idea that yeah, it's not an inn as we would expect it to be, but a home full of family relatives, yeah. it's still offering them room, isn't it? It's still and I guess them in. If you had a home full of family relatives, you wouldn't want to invite them into there to give birth. Because it's full yeah. of people, you know, when they give birth, yeah, yeah. a load of people there. Um, yeah. Unless they're obviously doctors and know what they're doing, um, and they're to help you. But <laughs> um, just, just like random people, you want to, you want. It's the. I don't want to say all the videos that I've watched recently about giving birth, obviously because. I'll call the midwife. Yeah, call the midwife. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was watching these videos before Maisie was born which are like advice on birth and information and jazz. And jazz. Wow. Yeah. They mix it up then, do they? Yeah, keep, yeah, your, yeah. keep the musical <laughs> side of you involved. <laughs> but like animals, when they're going to give birth, they go into a dark place to be by themselves, to prepare themselves for that time. So I guess making it more comfortable for Mary to give birth by being given her own space. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And do you think Mary and Joseph... Sorry, I keep asking you questions today, Sam. That's okay. Do you think Mary and Joseph... Like, if you go along the the, the, the idea that you said about the in or head of that house, whatever, offering what they could, and that being this downstairs room, do you think as, like, sparse and as humble as that place was, do you think Mary and Joseph were still grateful that they had that place 100 percent. yeah yeah i think if you traveled all that way and, and just need somewhere it'd be like a relief that you finally got somewhere in this small town of bethlehem and they do they, they did that journey off the back of a promise wasn't it that you know of the promise of who this child was that mary was going to give birth to um so they they knew that God were gonna was gonna look after them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By faith, didn't they? And that belief. So I guess anywhere that would have been provided, they probably would have just seen it as part of God's provision for them. Yeah. Um, because it must have been very oh well, you know how scary it is, I'm sure, when oh, that, yeah. and nerve-wracking it is when that next stage of going into birth happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We just want to be in a place of shelter, whether that's in a hospital or any, you know, if you mm. take the word shelter as being a place of safety and provision. Yeah. 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 So as we said before, we are in betwixtmas, between wow. Christmas and New Year and all that more jazz. It's a bit <laughs> like uh, Easter, isn't it? When you say 
Friday's here, but Monday's coming. Oh, no, not Monday. Friday's here, but Sunday's coming. <laughs> Friday, like Monday. Friday. Friday's here. Uh, it's a bit like Christmas is here, but New Year's coming. New Year's um, coming. Have you got any plans for New Year's? I'm a bit boring in terms of practical plans. Okay. I That pressure that, you know, everyone's out Christmas Eve having a much better time than you are is all very false, isn't it? It's not real. Oh, yeah. So I don't really have any plans to see the new year in. It will probably be just me, um, Mr. Collins, and nice. a glass of something. Nice. We call it schlur. Schlur. White grape and elderflower is my favourite schlur. Uh, but the actual new year, as in new year of opportunity, new things, there are some things on the horizon that are new for 2024. All right. That yeah, hopefully we'll come to watch this space. Watch this space. Yeah, kind Excited. of a new, new area of. I'm studying at the moment, okay. so I'm hoping that the study that the end of that studying will um, happen and then lead to maybe other opportunities. Nice. Well, so. we look forward to hearing about that in future episodes of Sailor Tentacles. So what? And what about you, Sam? Uh, no. Is it just about? Getting sticking with your routine, getting to the end of the day and thinking we've kept our daughter alive. Let's do another day. Yeah. yeah. I I don't know why, but I always look forward to New Year's because I like staying up late. You know you can do that any other day. I know, but it's a day when everybody else has to do it with me. <laughs> but in my household, New Year's is 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 put down because um people like going to bed and don't feel like I feel like that it's there's a social pressure to make them stay up. Oh, are me. you part of that? So you're <laughs> part of that social pressure, but there's not a bit. I'm part of that social pressure, but I like it. So, um, so when people try to go to sleep, are you sat there, you know, poking them with a knitting needle and wake up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Yep, quite right. Um, Perhaps you could find your people to see the new year in with. Yeah, you... yeah. What's the best New Year's Eve you've ever had? Wow. That is a question. The best New Year's Eve I've ever had. Interesting, because it should just, if New Year's Eve was that amazing, it should just come to your head, shouldn't it? Mm. I've got two. Oh, go on then. Uh, one is, I I just like spending New Year's with my close friends. So I can't remember what year it was, but we've done it a few years with my close friends and we just stayed up and it wasn't really a party we just had a little get together which was nice um, nice yeah sort of evenings and also there was one year this is really sad i got a new guitar that i'd wanted for ages so i spent the new year it came on new year's eve i bought it with my christmas money and oh, that's I cute spent the evening playing the guitar oh was that last year <laughs> no, I wish I had a new guitar every year, but no. <laughs> yeah. What's your favourite New Year's? This might sound a bit, again, annoying. Okay. So I apologise again. My favourite one was I was with my brother and his family in Lapland and we were skiing. Um, uh, they would only have 45 minutes of daylight. So a lot of the skiing there was done under floodlights as opposed to oh. alpine skiing. So we skied the New Year in because they nice. lit up the slopes. I was a bit nervous because they set off fireworks. 
Right. And, you know, I'm no David Attenborough, but I'm kind of thinking fireworks, snow, mountains, avalanche. Avalanche. I was wondering where you were going with that. Although that's not a David Attenborough thing, is it? Who talks about avalanches? Maybe Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls. Something like that, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a Bear Grylls either. But yeah, that would be my favourite. That's that, quite cool. That does sound quite cool. Yeah. It's very, very cold, but very, very cool. Cool and cold. Do um, listeners write into us? Yes. Your favourite New Year's of all time? I'd also like to be a bit nosy and find out if anyone's got any, you know, slightly different New Year's resolutions. Not your normal. Yeah. Not your normal. Like, for example, we've got a friend, haven't we, called Cosa? Oh, yeah, Cosa. And I, she did shout out to Cosa. She um, did a New Year's resolution that she stuck to. And I often quote this as being brilliant. One year she decided she was going to start watching Emmerdale. What? And she's still watching it now. Wow. I mean, that's good, isn't it? That's that's committed. That. Yeah, invested in it. Well done, Cosa. Yeah, well done, Cos. Give us a comment, Cos. <laughs> <laughs> my New Year's resolution was to do more things with my non-dominant hand. Oh. To try and become ambidextrous. You said that was your... Is that, is that your... It was, was it? it was for last this year... Gone. And how did that go? Uh, not very well. That's a good one. I went to the hospital once and they had to, it was all to do with they were testing my uh, joints and stuff, ligaments, condition ad. Right. So they, had, they tested the strength of my hands. So they gave me this con- contraption and I, I did it with my right hand. They didn't say anything. They just said, do that, squeeze this contraption. For 20 times. So I did it. Did it with my left hand. And she went very, very clearly, oh, that's only a seven. Oh. And so she said, try it again. Squeeze it 20 times. And I did it. She said, yeah, you've only got a seven. Oh. And she wrote that down. And she said, the problem is, you're, she, and she went through all these things, the condition. She said, and also you just need to bear in mind that your hand at the moment is a seven. And so we need to get that up. Is that out of 10 or is that, what's that? I don't know. I don't know the range. Uh, to this day, I don't know. I do not know. But if, if I go to pick something up and I drop it, I find myself saying, oh, it's because it's a seven. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I can't do that because only, I've only got my seven. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so let us know your New Year's resolutions and also how you're spending New Year's. We look forward to hearing from you. Do you have a song, Gracie? I do have a song. It's a very well-known song. And I just encourage a bit like the whole thing around Christmas, even though it's really familiar, to kind of stay with it, sit with it. And, you know, don't fill it with loads of other stuff, but look at it for what it is and be encouraged by it. And the song is Away in a Manger by Phil Wickham. Sleep on the hay 
This has been Sailor Time to Pause, a podcast from Plexus Salvation Army, an online church in the UK. I'm Ian. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Sam. If you've enjoyed journeying with us over these last few weeks, join us every Monday or any day that works for you to spend time together, taking time out to pause, catch our breath, draw near to God and refresh our spirits. We share Bible teachings, reflections on songs we're listening to and on what's going on in the world around us. As well as this, on the last day of the month, we look back and reflect, share any thoughts from our listener community and ask what we can take from it into our daily living. What we call our personal So What's for the month. Join us, making us part of your regular routine, spending a few minutes to listen to what God might be saying to you. Find us on your favourite podcast streaming service. On Facebook. Or YouTube. By searching for Selah. That's S-E-L-A-H. Time to pause.